This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. It's Thursday the 10th of November. In your Squiz today, the Medibank hack takes a wild turn, holding back a red wave, controversy before the World Cup, and giving up the Royals for love. This is your Squiz today. Siobhan, it's becoming clear what customer details the hackers behind Medibank's cyber attack have leaked. Yesterday, we talked about a small portion of the data they'd stolen being posted, and Medibank has confirmed it includes things like names, addresses, dates of birth, and health insurance claims of about 200 customers. Yeah, and those 200 were put into two files. One was called the Naughty List, which had details of people who'd received treatment for drug and alcohol issues, while the other was the Nice List, which contained information about elderly clients' age-related surgeries. Now, that's a pretty provocative move. And Medibank boss David Koskar's mobile phone number was also published, and he's not the only big name who might be personally affected by all of this. Yeah, you're right. PM Anthony Albanese and Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill both came out yesterday and said that they're both Medibank customers. So they are understanding of the concerns that people have about the breach. And in terms of who's behind the attack, it's still not really clear. But what is known is that the information was posted on a site run by a group. And we're not too sure about the pronunciation of this, but we're going to go with uh, Revil. Yes, so Revil, which is R-E-V-I-L, is a collection of Russian-based ransomware criminals who've been responsible for several international attacks over the years. Russian authorities claim the group was disbanded and charged in January, but experts believe some of the members remain active. Now, as for what's next, the hackers yesterday said that they'll continue posting data partially as they sort through the information that they stole. And in the meantime, our federal police have stepped up their response by expanding Operation Guardian, which was originally set up to protect the victims of the Optus hack, but it's now also going to include Medibank customers, and they're going to be monitoring the dark web for the sale and distribution of that personal data. Yeah, and despite that reassurance, experts say that customers should be on high alert for scammers contacting them. The advice is to contact the government's ScamWatch website or Medicare helpline if you have any concerns. So I'll pop the links to those in our episode notes again today. Siobhan, we don't know yet which party is going to control the US Congress, but the midterm election results are rolling in. So just to recap, the Democrats, which is the party President Joe Biden belongs to, have control of the House of Representatives and the Senate. But the pundits say it could be very difficult for them to hold off the Republican Party in these elections. Yeah, that's right. And that's because the Democrats only had a very small buffer of five seats in the House. But they have been more competitive than expected. And in the Senate, where the Democrats went in with an even smaller majority of one extra seat, 
both parties seem to be holding their ground. But it is much better than many Democrats had hoped for, as it looks like they've managed to hold off what is called Trump's red wave, which is really just slang for the Republicans winning seat after seat. Mm -hmm. Now, if that holds, it means this year will be different to the past when we've seen really big swings against the sitting president's party. And there's a lot of counting and recounting to go. So a final result on this will take some time. But these elections are pretty important as America rounds the corner for the next presidential election in 2024. So if you've got a political nerd in your life, you'll know what they'll be doing for the next couple of weeks. Rules for what former Australian Defence Force personnel can and can't do are in the spotlight, Siobhan. Defence Minister Richard Miles has ordered a review following claims that former Aussie military pilots were approached by Chinese officials to train their Air Force personnel. Yes, so under the current laws, ex-ADF members are not allowed to provide any military-style training to another government that isn't authorised by our authorities. And on top of that, they have what's called an enduring obligation to protect state secrets. And Miles says he will change the law if any weaknesses are found, which is something that opposition leader Peter Dutton is also in favour of. And this all comes just as PM Anthony Albanese positions himself for a chat with Chinese President Xi Jinping. That's at next week's G20 summit. And speaking of that big meeting of the world's top national leaders, that's happening mid next week. So our latest Squiz Shortcut will cover that and all the awkward diplomatic moments that are in store. I'll pop a link to that in our episode notes. Siobhan, there's only 10 days to go until the Soccer World Cup kicks off. It's a huge event and officials are putting in a fair bit of overtime given the controversies related to it being held in Qatar this year that keep on coming. Yeah, so just to back it up a bit, there's already been protests and complaints about Qatar hosting the event due to their poor human rights record. But now even the former boss of FIFA, which is the International Football Association that runs the World Cup, a guy called called Sepp Blatter, says their hosting of the event is a mistake. And if that wasn't enough, in another headache for organisers, former Qatari player slash World Cup ambassador Khalid Salmana was pulled out of a German TV interview midway through after he described homosexuality as a damage in the mind. Mm, And following that, officials in Qatar have put out statements trying to reassure the 1.2 million visitors who are expected to attend that queer people would be welcome. That's inspired of the country's laws banning homosexuality. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more. Siobhan, we mentioned the latest season of The Crown dropping yesterday. (laughs) 
For anyone who finishes those episodes early this weekend and wants to delve into another royal drama, you can look to Norway's royal family. Yes, it really proves that fact is stranger than fiction. So... (laughs) Norway's princess Martha Louise has given up official duties to be with the American she loves. Does that sound familiar at all? It does. (laughs) It's a guy called Durek Verret who claims to be a spiritual guru and a sixth-generation shaman. Now, he's made some pretty controversial statements, including that he thinks cancer is a choice. But the couple are engaged and planning to live and work together in California where he sells wellness products and services. But the princess also has a spiritual side hustle, writing books about her interactions with angels. Now, I don't think I'm drawing a terribly long bow to say it is a bit reminiscent of Harry and Meghan, but with a slight paranormal twist. (laughs) It really is. And similar to the British royals, Martha's parents, King Harold and Queen Sonia, said that they are sorry to see her go. But that might not be the same view as the Norwegian public because a poll showed that 17% of them have a lower opinion of the royals due to this saga. Maybe there needs to be a Norwegian crown as well. (laughs) I'd watch it. (laughs) And that's it for us today. But before we go, just a reminder that our new podcast, Saturday Squiz, will be out this weekend. Claire and Kate will cover the big and quirky news of the week and it's a bit of a peek into the conversations we have amongst the Squiz team on everything from interest rates to whether making a salad can be called cooking. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at SquizKids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women, and together, honour their legacies.